MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. Hello and welcome to a new episode of MindSpark Podcast. Today I have Dr. Mayorika Dasbishwas with me. She's a psychologist and EAP counselor. And hello, Dr. Mayorika. It's great to have you with us. It's my pleasure to have my first Indian guest in the podcast. Can you tell us a bit more about your work? Kiara, I'm so happy that you have invited me to come over here and speak to you and connect with your audience. This is definitely a unique opportunity to connect with people outside India and share about Indian ideas or our implementation of Western psychology. So it's a great opportunity. And yes, I'm looking forward to talk about how we put what we learn in the psychology textbooks here into our daily life, how we learn about the various therapeutic practices that are practiced in the West. And then we try and implement here uh, with Indian population. So it's a very interesting transition. That sounds extremely exciting. And I can't wait to dive deeper into these topics. Yes. Should we get started? I have prepared some questions. So the first one is around psychology of happiness and mental health. I saw you're doing a lot of work in this area. Can you tell us more about the work on psychology of happiness and what can we do to become happier? Or how are you using the Western concepts and apply them in India? So uh, it's a beautiful confluence that is happening in India right now whereby the Indian culture has always had its own way of maintaining happiness in the society. You will notice that the Indian culture is very celebrative in nature, is very colorful in nature. It, our food is also filled with different kinds of spices. Okay, It's always been that way. So uh, we're taking that and we are also assimilating the knowledge from the West now. So I, what I understand is that Western psychology is very, very much influenced by the stoic thinkers. Okay. And the way they have introduced the idea that you work on your thought process and your life is going to be very, very smooth and comfortable. If you work on your thinking, your actions change, your emotions change, and then you have an amazing, beautiful life. The Indian perspective is that you work with your people, you take everybody together, you celebrate more often, you practice meditation, you practice mindfulness. So what I see is all over the world, the Eastern and Western practices are somewhere coming together um, in a beautiful confluence of meaning. You know, it's coming together and creating a harmony in itself. Uh, synchronicity is amazing. That's happening all over the world. I see that my friends who are practicing in the West, they are recommending a lot of mindfulness in their practice. And in India, we, we have many people who are doing mindfulness, who are doing yoga. At the same time, they're using a cognitive behavior therapy app. Okay they are getting introduced to ideas of uh, cognitive distortions. They want to learn more about uh, what it means to think in a black and white manner. What, it, what, does, what is the meaning of mind reading? How the brain trends to filter out positive and only stick with the negative, focusing on the negative. So uh, there are so many people who are taking the things that they already knew culturally, and learning new concepts and creating happiness in their life. So in my practice, I often tell people is that if you want to be happy, the first thing that you need to do is practice gratitude. Mm. Okay. So I'll give you an Good example. One. Yes. <laughs> um, there was this time when my, when after many days okay uh, we usually have a very good current flow in our houses okay so electricity supply 
the electricity supply is mostly very good in Mumbai. Okay. So one night there was some problem in the local electricity station, maybe, you know, whatever the, the tower, the electricity tower that we call. And there was probably some circuit problem or something. And we didn't have electricity at night. And it was so difficult. It was a summer night. We just could not sleep. And we're getting so irritated about it. Because if you don't get sleep, you will not get the rest that you need. And then the next day, you have to get up early in the morning, no matter what. Okay. And at that moment, my mother said that, oh, forget about the air conditioner. If only I could just have the fan working, you know. If only I had a generator and the fan working. it My life would be so comfortable. And yeah. she said that many times the fan is working. But these days, we don't even give emphasis to the fan anymore. We're like, oh, just, just switch on the AC. You know, Why don't you just switch on the air conditioner? So uh, there are some very small things around us that we have collected and that make our lives comfortable. Okay, Small relationships around us that make our life comfortable. Maybe it's the relationship with the person who brings you groceries. Okay. Maybe it's the relationship who, uh, with the person who uh, checks uh, every the baggages before or the packages before they arrive. Okay, or anybody you know around the world. There are so many people who serve you, and you don't know their names, but actually they have a huge influence in your life. And just being grateful for these small, tiny things will suddenly change the way you are feeling and um, will bring a huge impact on your mood a huge positive impact on the mood it does it does and what i really liked hearing was that in india with these two concepts you create this kind of symbiosis so you have the old indian wisdom of yoga I've been to India and I love the depth of the cultures. I've been very inspired by the knowledge that is there. And you also blend in some Western concepts, which is quite surprising that they can coexist and you get the best out of both worlds. Definitely, yes. People are practicing that all the time. Uh, more meditation, more CBT, and there's just more laughter and celebration following. Yeah, what is CBT? Cognitive behavior therapy. Ah, okay, good. So for of, all our listeners, CBT. Yeah. And Albert Ellis, so cognitive behavior therapy. And everyone's practicing almost a lot of uh, psychologists in India practice cognitive behavior therapy. And, and uh, they have helped so many people overcome their challenges. There are so many coaches across India who practice NLP of uh brand learning linguistic programming yeah. yes richard oh, that's, that's so and interesting John Grinder. and there's so many of them who, who are bringing a deep impact in the lives of others helping them overcome anxiety helping them overcome phobias gain more confidence so that's how i see that we're open to learning that that's what the culture has been always over here Amazing, amazing. So one big point that we learned was it's about gratitude. And I have to say, whenever I go to bed, I try to think about all the things that happened to me that I'm grateful for. And it really helped me also rewire my brain and help me shift my attention because usually we tend to say, oh, this didn't go wrong today and, you know, get attached to this negative thought. So I think it's definitely a very good exercise. Is there something else that you can recommend that you do to lead a happy life. a very life. important concept over here that, um, you know, you go to bed and you think about the things that have gone well. There are so many of us who go to bed angry, who go to bed worrying. So I'm so happy, Kiara, that you've mentioned this uh, idea that go to bed thinking about the things that you're grateful about because we've not solved all our problems. In the earlier times, probably our problems were simpler. It was about what am, I, what am I going to eat tonight? And if I have eaten well, then my problem is sorted for the day. I can just go and sleep. 
but now it is am i going to get the right returns for all the investments that i've done in the many areas that i have invested my money in is the stock market's going to come down will my child get into the correct ivy league college that my child wants to go to okay is my spouse uh, being too friendly to this other person you know is is there a little <laughs> bit of too much of friendship over there that i should be concerned about why don't my parents just listen to me so many times we go to bed with these complications and what you're mentioning is a great idea that in order to get good sleep because your sleep in itself is highly therapeutic start mm-hmm. with yeah. mindfulness start with gratitude yeah it's beautiful and yesterday i did a female leadership course <laughs> and it was exactly what they taught us they said okay it's about emotional awareness emotional intelligence but also being able to breathe and they had a lot of yoga practices and actually in their control group that they tested with veterans in the US they figured out that the yoga breathing exercises had the most impact on people's well-being so i think it's very interesting that from the us side i've seen the leveraging yoga practices and on the other hand you're also leveraging the western the western concepts yes so we also did a research um recently uh, in uh, the company that i work for freedom from diabetes where they introduced vegan lifestyle okay and mm. they saw that just starting with vegan lifestyle was enough for many people to see relief in symptoms of depression and anxiety and that leads oh, to a domino effect okay regularly meditating for 3 months is enough for many people i wouldn't say all of them definitely not but a significant number of people who meditated um for 3 months at a stretch saw a decrease in their depression and anxiety score and the scores are as good as somebody taking therapy Oh, wow. So if people could all over the world there are many people who may not go to a therapist there are people all over the world who refrain from seeking help maybe it's a money issue maybe it's a stigma issue okay maybe they yeah. they do not have access to the best therapists but get started with yoga meditation a healthier lifestyle it will lead to a positive domino effect amazing so it's the little steps and also being grateful for all the small things that happen around you that happen around you ah amazing Wonderful. yes so kiara i also wanted to know from your end that you're you're telling me that you're a uh, you're telling me kiara that you practice yoga you've come to india you've got attracted to uh, the indian way of life you want to discover more about it you regularly hold this podcast and uh, you're enlightening people in a way you know you're 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 passing knowledge that they really need to gain so what has inspired you to do this I think for me it came down to my childhood because I did have a distant uncle who was always traveling the world so whenever I saw him in my tiny village where I grew up he could tell a story from oh I was here in Italy oh I come from the US and I was like oh my god the world is so big and so inspiring I really want to learn and once I started to travel I understood there is so much depth in different concepts and different cultures but also the different perspectives are so important so i always wanted to find a way to share this love for different cultures different perspectives and different ways of how things are done with the world and then i came across my corporate direction which i was always very interested in innovation and this brought me to the topic of culture and leadership because it's the foundation to be innovative to be creative to actually be happy live a fulfilled life is when you can just be your full self feel safe and yeah all all these how do i want to say it, it it's kind of a passion the interest or the curiosity from my side to learn 
But then I also realized there's people who are grateful for me sharing these knowledge bits that I have gathered through my network. So I'm trying to bring everything together in a hands-on fashion that inspires people because my vision is that I leave an impact that helps people live a better life in their private lives, but also in their career. And that's why I try to investigate in all different directions that are related to culture, organizational culture, but also leadership. Are there instances where you feel that there are other lines of work attracting you or attracting your attention or there are other projects which seem more significant at times and they sort of lure you towards them and if that happens how do you still maintain your focus on this this mission that you have chosen and it's a very unique beautiful mission thank you thank you um i love it i'm excited about it. i guess you can hear that yes of course there is maybe distractions not sure if i can call it distractions because i over the last years created an environment where there is a lot of opportunity to use different skill sets and sometimes i give into it and try so i always allowed myself also the room to play and try things to understand is this really what my gut instinct tells me is this really something that i feel comfortable with but in the end i somehow always come back to some kind of culture or leadership roles like right now i'm in south africa we opened the first conference for my voluntary work and i realized even though it's also uncomfortable for me because i have also introvert tendencies mm-hmm. apparently one of my strengths is there to create momentum inspire people and open a space for others to then create new projects out of it so that's the learning that i had over the last month and i thought why not just give into my strength and see where it where it takes me um based on the feedback that i received from my environment so whenever i let my light shine and i'm just extremely happy doing 100% what i love everything around me is falling into place and that's a very beautiful feeling and that's why i try to come back to recreating these moments of you know inspiring others kicking off projects and creating momentum you know you talked about the psychology of happiness and um, i want to ask you something related to it and then i'll share my perspective about it as well is that whenever we are continuing a line of work we are often struck with greed and i understand that even in the bible there people have been warned strictly against greed which is so vital which is so valid that it's the moment you allow greed to creep in that this is not enough that you need more and that's how your trajectory changes and somehow it leads you to a place where you may not find the happiness that you had imagined in fact you're most mm-hmm. likely not going to find the happiness you you had imagined so does the factor of greed play around you as well and if it does uh, how do you deal with that how do you tell yourself that uh, hey kiara recognize this is greed and don't be greedy and stay stuck to your mission That's a very very good question. I think maybe I never considered it as greed, but what I've been feeling or facing a lot was the idea of these are the things that I should be doing because that's how I was raised. I went to a business school, they always give you this idea that you have to be more, become more, climb the career ladder, get a job that makes more money. You speak with friends and like, "Oh no, they got a raise. I also need to, mm-hmm. you know, continue in this competition." and usually all decisions that i have taken with my mind telling me oh this is a great opportunity that's what you should be doing of course they learned me some lessons but they also brought me a bit away from my passion so i think it's maybe about trusting a lot that the right opportunities will come so whenever i trust i'm centered in myself mm-hmm. and then i always try to bring myself back to what is it that i actually want because there is a lot of opportunities also coming up in a way after feeling to test to test you you know if you learned your lesson so, and then if you if you accept something that is more 
yeah, based on a greedy nature, because I want more, I, I don't feel that I'm abundant enough where I am right now, then usually it's very challenging and a lot of patterns come back from, from my past that I thought that I worked through. So this is my, my take and learning on that. So I'm so happy that you've, you're somewhere telling me that it's your passion that is guiding you. So we talked about uh, mindfulness. We talked about gratitude. We talked about having a passion and allowing your passion to guide you. I, I would want to add over here that another ingredient in uh, happiness is minimalism. Mm. And decreasing the excess out of your life like you know start eliminating the things that you're not going to use so i'll tell you something this year i turned a vegetarian okay mm-hmm. and it was a massive shift for me not just in my lifestyle but also in my mind right because i'll tell you that uh, i was no longer searching for online deliveries anymore because i've turned a vegetarian (laughs) my food has become so simple i do not have to think about stimulating my tongue all the time what is the new tasty thing that i can serve my tongue with i don't have to think of that anymore now food is meant for my survival and not meant for my pleasure anymore this was a big minimalistic shift that happened. It freed my mind from a lot of dependence on the greed for food is what I would tell you. Okay. And yeah. uh, that was a massive shift. I had so much of mental energy left to focus on things that were truly relevant, like learning, like connecting with people like connecting with other vegetarians. So now I can connect with people who eat non-vegetarian food as well as people who eat vegetarian food. I can understand both of their worlds so very well. I can hold a conversation with both of them. And uh, just reducing the number of stimulations that are there in your life leaves you with a lot of immense energy. We do not realize that having too many stimulations is actually draining us. So I'm not saying that everybody has to become a vegetarian like me. <laughs> That's an experiment that I'm personally going through. I may not remain a vegetarian for the rest of my life. I don't know. It's an experiment. Let me see. Uh, yeah. But then definitely removing stimulations from your life will be immensely helpful. Limited clothes, limited belongings, And then you will see that you don't have an excess need for money anymore. I, I, I love these points and, and I agree. I mean, I, I'm not a minimalist when it comes to clothes, definitely not. And I love to collect one piece of the places that I've been just in case, you know, one day I'm not remembering, then I see, oh, this is right. from India, this is from Africa. Uh, but I, I it fully resonates with me because I was living, oh, I love to live in the big cities. You have a lot of things going on and in the middle of the year, I felt like, oh, I'm somehow feeling exhausted and I couldn't explain why. And I have the feeling things are not progressing with a level of ease, how they should be, if it's the right thing you're doing. And what I did then was that I spent three weeks at home just by myself. I, I think I saw my family three times, maybe in three weeks, one friend. And I focus on what do I really want to eat? What nourishes me? Or am I just functioning and stuffing stuff inside my body? And it was such a game changer of the level of inspiration and also the level of kindness that I could give myself, also reducing coffee, um, because it made me realize we're just so used to our habits, which is normal, perceived normal in society. But if you take a step back, you're actually realizing, is it benefiting me? No, actually, these are the things that are holding us back to achieve what we want to achieve. So fully, fully with you. So I think another thing that you uh, mentioned that you took a retreat and then you thought about it and then you planned well. Um, This is the next aspect that I would talk about is that planning is immensely important. When we are employed with someone, we 
we work according to plans we create plans why because money is at stake but the biggest resource in the world is not money the biggest and most valuable resource is time which mm. uh you're going to have 24 hours a day i'm going to have 24 hours a day jeff bezos is going to have 24 hours a day <laughs> elon musk is going to have 24 hours a day gautam adani is going to have 24 hours a day so everyone's going to have fortunately only 24 hours a day and that's the biggest resource the question is how do you use it and planning and taking that time to sit back relax think about it and then think what is important what do you actually want to do will make things so much easier because most people are bad at choosing in the moment okay when when you're in the line of action when everyone else is ordering something you will tend to order the same thing as everyone else okay when everyone else is choosing to watch a certain uh, a s- certain sitcom or a web series you'll feel the curiosity to go ahead and watch it and you'll fig- you'll forget that maybe there was a different documentary that you wanted to watch or maybe there was uh, an online course that you wanted to do on this weekend you just forget that so planning helps you uh, gain real freedom you know you become free yeah. to do what you always wanted to do you become free to live life on your own terms because when you're with others your conscious mind may not be as active and your choices will be very very subconscious and you'll end up doing what other people are doing planning saves you helps you be free and be you i agree i agree i still sometimes get pulled into things i'm like oh yeah i just want to participate but then sometimes I feel a bit empty after such activities and I, for me it was a big step to learn how to say no set some boundaries and I think I became a bit more of a minimalist when it comes to my relationships so I try to keep the ones that are giving me joy and happiness rather than doing all the things that I believe are expected of me because of my role or because friends of friends or whatsoever and it is a game changer I'm still working through it but i can already see it's very interesting so always when i take a decision to let go of something i have the feeling life gives me more of what i actually want but of course you always have to let go first unfortunately true true i agree <laughs> yes we have to let go first but it gets easier with this concept of shame attacking exercises all right uh-huh. um, shame attacking exercises from a rational emotive behavior therapy or cognitive behavior therapy um the the fact that you did something stupid and you did something weird and you survived that it frees you from the mental restrictions you put on yourself because we often yeah. feel that oh i should not be doing this because he may not like it or she will disapprove of it or they will no longer want to be my friends anymore but the more shame yeah. attacking exercises you do that is something so stupid that no one else is going to do it something so weird that it is out of your comfort zone the more shame attacking exercises you do you realize that people stick with you even if you're a weirdo in fact they <laughs> love you because you're strange they love you because you have the confidence to do what you want to do and that oh i love that helps you come out yeah so so how do i practice this shame attacking exercise i just set up tiny things to do for myself that would make me feel uncomfortable and then i expand <laughs> all right so i'll give you an example okay um i was once working with this girl who had trichotillomania trichotillomania is a condition where somebody has a subconscious habit of plucking out their hair okay so uh, it's yeah. mostly noticed in girls so out of anxiety they would pluck out their hair and the relief that one gets after the pain 
you know of plucking out their hair mm. is something that they've got addicted to they've repeated it so many number of times that they've got addicted to it now uh, she had developed a secondary problem she would always cover her hair now the the doctor who referred her case to me told me that you know if you can make her take off her uh, cap and face the world she will get the confidence okay she, if you can make her if you can convince her to not cover her hair anymore then she'll get the right confidence and that confidence will help her come out of the anxiety because once the anxiety is taken care of then she's going to be good and they are the trichotillomania so the hair plucking behavior may stop so let's do that now it was very difficult to convince her extremely difficult to convince her so i told her that you know what we'll do a pact okay if you if you are able to come to visit me not wearing your head scarf then i will on that day wear the clothes i wear at home and i will wear different color shoes or chappals as i i wear <laughs> so i will wear different shoes uh, on uh, in both the legs okay right different left different and then i'm going to look like this complete weird person hair not combed wearing clothes that i wear at home <laughs> and i'm i'm going to come to work and um, she agreed to do it she came that way and i was uh, i i went that way i i went wearing my home clothes and it was so uncomfortable in the beginning i'm like everybody must be thinking why am i dressed so shabbily okay why is my hair not good yeah. anybody notice my shoes oh my god this is crazy people must be thinking that working with people with disturbances has called a caused a permanent disturbance <laughs> you know like the Lot of people often assume and even say that oh, if you work with people who have mental problem, you finally become a mental case yourself. So these are all assumptions. Okay, there there's no fact, yeah. just a myth. So I went there. Nobody really noticed it. And then later, when I told my colleagues that this is what I had done, they were like, okay, yeah, I thought that you were a little off today, but I couldn't put my finger on it exactly. That's when I noticed uh. that. so much bigger in our head than it actually is so um that oh, girl wow. could get a sort of that day taking off her scarf and feel confident with the hair the way it was and um i did one shame attacking exercise there was this other one time that um this young lady had come to me she was highly talented highly talented but she had some um post breakout marks on her back okay so you know we get these boils or pimples if they call i'm not a skin specialist so i'm not able to uh, point at the right name but once the pimple goes away or the boil goes away it leaves a mark on your skin and there were just mm-hmm. these couple of marks on her skin because of which she felt that oh she can never get married because marriage means opening up to someone and then when someone notices that that someone is definitely going to uh not like it and reject her and she will not be mm. able to tolerate that rejection and that is the reason why many times she would date someone okay but as soon as the relationship would start getting serious she would break up she would just say no 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 i cannot go ahead with this guy and this is the problem that's the problem lots of things Somebody did one another shame attacking exercise with her. I had a pack of bindis in my bag, okay, like the bindis that a lot of Indian women wear between their eyebrows, like I'm wearing right now. One, yeah, uh, a lot of women wear that. So I was like, I have a pack over here. So it's your back that is the problem, right? So like, yeah, like nothing else is the problem. And then no, like, are you ready for a shame attacking exercise? She's like, okay, I. fine once she heard the concept she was like okay let me give it a go and what i did was that um i took many of my bindis and put it all over her face and they were like pox marks <laughs> on her face and yeah. she was like oh god i look diseased but i also look funny because it's it's weird people are going to look at me i'm like yes and you don't know any one of them and no one knows you 
and then tell me if you've survived or what happened to you go home give me a call and she she went that way laughing feeling strange feeling weird uh she gave uh, sent me a message that she was doing just fine and she enjoyed the activity and then she never came back again ever for therapy because she was done <laughs> she was done judging herself soon enough within 6 months she was married to a a very excellent eligible bachelor oh nice nice yeah i think it's we put a lot of focus on what other people might think even though like i loved your example with the shoes they can't even pinpoint what is wrong and we're having a bad day thinking oh no this one shoe is ruining my reputation or whatsoever so yeah i think it's very transferable to all different areas of life dr mayurika can i ask you about the seven habits to become confident i think it's a very good fit to the shame exercise can you tell us yes. a bit more about so, that so uh, the first thing would definitely be that if you want to be uh, confident you have to start doing stupid things do as many stupid things as possible as oh no things <laughs> as possible do one stupid thing every day like you know maybe when you are walking just hop a little bit and people are going to look at you and think what's wrong with this person but then nobody is going to notice and nobody is going to really come and ask you is everything okay <laughs> and even if somebody did ask you is everything okay that's that's just out of uh, that person's compassion and empathy you might strike a chord of friendship over there okay so oh, nice. same attacking exercise help a lot in confidence another thing that helps a lot in uh, being confident is the posture of a person mm so when you maintain the posture that you are ready and open the posture automatically helps you have the right chemistry within your body and that chemistry will automatically fine tune your thinking towards possibility thinking okay mm. the third thing i feel what is very important to be confident is that you have to see yourself as a confident person label yourself as a confident person okay say i am a confident person i am confident yes yes i'm confident visualize yourself acting as a confident person or maybe watch a video of somebody confident close your eyes and see yourself do the same thing instead of the actor you know you see yourself doing the same confident thing your mind will slowly start accepting these images and start creating neural memories around it and you'll start feeling that yes this is who i am there's been such a lot of exercise um or or research that proves that people who do a mental practice end up having mm. a performance growth as good as a real practice okay so just mentally practicing it by telling yourself i am a confident person helps a lot all right then having evidences that you are confident is important because we are not able to hold a lot of information in our brain right at a given time there's limited information that we can hold consciously so our short term memory has limited capacity so we tend to focus on the work that is not complete or we tend to focus on the areas that we have to work on so that negative criticism that um improvement feedback that was given that's all your brain is focused on okay you need subconscious messages going into your brain that you've achieved a lot so having a vision board having an achievement board is something that will help immensely it will start giving you subconscious messages that you've done so much the first when you stood first in a competition when uh, you saved somebody when you were appreciated the kind of feedback you receive on social media okay when you were appreciated for your style or any your degree that evidence will help immensely so an achievement board will 
tune you subconsciously. Amazing. Another thing that will tune you subconsciously is hypnosis. Hypnosis audios that you can listen to. And I recommend hypnosis audios a lot because it helps. It's easily available on YouTube. Listen to those audios and fine tune your subconscious to accept these messages that you can do it. The next thing I feel is very important is the ability to forgive yourself. You know, mm, a lot of people yeah. are not confident because of that thought that what if I fail? It would be terrible. I cannot face myself. I will be, I won't be appreciated. I will be criticized by myself above everyone else. I won't yeah. be able to that so willingness to forgive yourself is very very important the moment you tell yourself that i will forgive myself if i make a mistake because you will make a mistake you will make a mistake and that time you will need this forgiveness but the more you try you will notice that your mistakes decrease and your number of hits increase your misses decrease and your hits increase. Your victories increase and your failures decrease. But it all starts with that willingness to forgive. Oh, it's so powerful. I can sign off to every single point. <laughs> and I'd say the last one would be um, be around with people who are confident. Who are super confident even if you can carry their bottle that's good enough <laughs> okay because <laughs> they, they need somebody to make their life easier okay they, they're confident but they as i said they also have very limited resource of time they do not have excess time so if we can make their life easier in some way they will want to depend on us and we mm -hmm. will learn the art of confidence from them we will learn valuable principles that are not written in any books and that will help us gain confidence. So, you know, just hang around with the confident masters, carry their bottle, carry their, yeah, their beads, <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is, you know, carry their books, make their lives easier, help them schedule their calendar, help them uh, work out their online content, okay, because they are masters, but they're masters in their own field. Just go ahead and offer your services that, you know what, I'll do it for you for free, but just let me hang around you. Okay, let me let me take you out for a meal. You you eat, right? Don't you eat? So let me take you out <laughs> for a meal. <laughs> and just being around you is going to be a blessing. So hang around confident masters. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I read a lot about that. The five people you spend most time with also influence which person you become. And I think it's very much in line with that. True. Yeah. Dr. Mayurika. I want to ask you now a bit more about planning and driving change and how you bring people on board. So how do you plan and implement change in a society? And maybe also what is peculiar about the work in India? Okay, so what I would say is that um, in India, we've had great thinkers planning change. The entire um, structure of the country, the way it is today, or the functionality of the country, the way it is today, is because of some people who have sat in a room, got together and planned it well. Governments have five-year plan. Corporates have, you know, five-year, ten-year plans of how they want to take things ahead. So um, planning definitely starts with a vision okay um, and if you want to have social change that will also start with a vision your vision has to be very very powerful your vision has to be extremely strong but at the same time realize that what you are able to see is not what everyone else is able to see mm. now the journey is who enable other people see that okay now one of the things that i 
I've never shared on many other platforms is that someday I want to see India rise in the world happiness index. Mm-hmm. In our country, we yeah. speak a lot about being becoming a developed nation or, um, you know, uh, becoming a part of uh, the, you know, the big countries gang, the NATO and, and places like that, um, the G5 and something. So we, we, we want to have leadership on an international level, which is appreciated, which I think we will definitely have which I think uh, it's the right time for a country like India to now take global leadership, driving positive social change. But then at the same time, I feel that somewhere in India, we also need to rise uh, in the way uh, we are performing in the World Happiness Index. Okay. So similarly, mm-hmm. this is a vision that I have. I ha- if, I, if I had to deliver, uh, drive this change, what I need to do is that make this vision very, very big. Then talk about this vision because I may just be having this vision, but another person may be having the right capacity to deliver it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. have a vision, then talk about it so that you're going to find like-minded thinkers. Then I feel an important thing is that you're going to be criticized for having that vision. Because there are people who are not able to see what you're seeing. There's nothing wrong about getting criticized. It's okay. They're not able to see what you're seeing just yet. And that's all right. But you have to keep talking about your visions until you find your core team. Until you find your people who come attracted to you because of the vision that they are able to also see. Then sit and work on that vision and make it very strong. And then you're going to get a chance to define a problem. Like you're working in design thinking, I believe, right? Yeah, culture transformation, but design thinking could be a tool that you also use in this context. Right. So uh, one of the principles of design thinking, as it says that, you know, define your problem. And once that is done, uh, explore the problem, you know understand the human context in it so survey the people for whom you are going to deliver the change try and understand their world try and understand why they are not able to see what you are able to see or try and understand what do they really need many times they don't even know what they really need okay and it's not a problem of intelligence by the way A lot of people may be tempted to think that, oh, ordinary people do not know what they need because they are not smart enough. No, that's not the case. That's definitely not the case. They are very intelligent. If you give them something they they do not need, they will reject it sooner or later. Maybe immediately, maybe they'll take some time, figure it out that it's useless, and then they'll reject it. So survey the people and find out more about them. And according to that, create a plan for change. Yeah, very, very inspiring. And also, I think rejection is something that usually makes people stop with their dream or vision. But I read something that says if you are rejected by people, it shows that you're on the right way. If you're facing a lot of resistance in some directions. So I think it's also very powerful what you said, that you have the strong vision And you also find people to maybe support you with their vision, but also you stay persistent in a way and don't give in to the first setbacks. Good. Thank you so much for sharing this. We're almost at about time, but I have another very important question to ask to you about taking action. Because I believe that change comes from taking action, like we spoke about before. And I want also to ask you, what is your greatest piece of advice or learning that you can share with our listeners can be a quote daily practice whatever you think that helps employees change agents or also leaders to become a better version of themselves and also increase their impact they're having um so the name of my youtube channel in which i create content in hindi is your survival model now 
I don't know why it is not in uh, Hindi. The name should be in Hindi, right? The name of the channel, but it is not because probably because I think in English. I I have got educated in an English medium uh, school, so I tend to think in English, and that's the reason why uh, my the name of my channel is Your Survival Model, and that's the message that I have for people that it is all about basic survival. Okay, you're not going to live forever. Please realize that, but you have to try and survive as long as possible. Number one, number two, as happily as possible. Okay, number three, since you cannot survive forever, ensure that you can, you know, you can support the survivals of other people with you after you. So not just your children, not just your family, but also your community. So make choices that help in your survival. Make choices that help you be happy today. Okay. That give you real happiness, not just pleasure. That give you real lasting mm-hmm. happiness because this is all that we have. And enable your community to also survive better. Like plant trees, meet people, party often, okay, help people uh, get the right information, inspire others, speak positively, okay, save the environment, be minimalistic, use as little resources as possible for you at your level, okay. You don't have to do it absolutely, okay. We many times see legendary people or heroes who are living in the jungle without any uh, clutter or anything. They live a complete um, bio-friendly life or they, they live a zero carbon and uh, they did a zero carbon footprint life. We may not be able to do that, but do whatever you can for your community because you're not going to survive forever. So enable others. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Mayurika. I'm leaving this conversation inspired. There were so many nuggets of wisdom in this conversation. It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. It's been a pleasure talking to you as well. I'm really going to remember this conversation for all of my life. Thank you. MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. Don't forget to dream big and have impact. It's a journey. If you like my work, you can leave me a good rating and share this episode with friends and colleagues or whoever would benefit from this MindSpark. And follow MindSpark on Instagram under mindspark.academy. Take care and see you for the next episode.